0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today.
1: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. On this edition, we took a short break from all the breaking travel news, long enough to take a deep breath and then celebrate the meaning of Valentine's Day and travel and love, not to mention the myths, legends, and romance that surround St. Valentine's. First, it was up in the air for the wonderful and unlikely Cupid story that played out on a Southwest Airlines flight between three strangers. That's right, three of them. No pre-assigned seating on Southwest. This really just happened by chance. And three strangers? Well, first, there's a woman named Kathleen in one seat and a man named Michael in another. Let's start with my chat with Kathleen Davis. Everywhere in the world, right? Proposals are being done. Somebody's dropping to their knees with a ring. Um, There are a lot of roses, a lot of chocolate, a lot of champagne. But there's another story out there, the love stories that happen because of travel, uh, not in spite of it, but because of it. I can't tell you how many friends I have. My closest friend met his wife because they happened to be sitting next to each other on a flight. Um, and there you go. Um, and it happens. Uh, you know, you turn left instead of turning right and your life changes. Well, my next story that I'm going to share with you is even better than that. It, it tops that story. Of just meeting somebody on the plane and joining me now, we're going to talk to all of them, but I'm going to reveal it in little sequences because it's a great story to kind of reveal to you. Is uh, Kathleen and Michael Davis? Hey, Kathleen.
2: Hi. How are you?
0: All right. So let's set the scene. This happened on a Southwest Airlines flight. You were going, uh, you were coming home from a girls' weekend with your sister and your mom, right? And then she took that. You took this ridiculous 5 a.m. flight on Southwest.
2: I was. It was crazy early. I actually um, woke up at 3.30 in the morning in order to make this 5 a.m. flight out of New York.
0: And and you were heading back to Texas?
2: I was. I, um, I took that flight because I had to be at work at 9 a.m. that Monday morning.
0: All right. So now you get on a plane, and as we know on Southwest, there's no pre-assigned seating, right? You just get the seat you want. I mean, whatever you can get, right? Yes. So, set it up for me. You sit down, and then what happens?
2: So, I get on the flight, and I I try to always go to the exit rows because it's more leg space. And that's when I saw Michael. And so, I thought, why not? He's handsome. He's young. We probably won't talk because it's so early. Um, So, I decided to sit by him. He was in the window seat, and I sat in the aisle seat.
0: All right. So, there was a little separation there.
2: Yes there was.
0: Okay. So we're not done yet because you started talking, right? You started a conversation.
2: Correct. So we, we kind of smiled, said hi, and then, you know, sat there and minded our own business. And then we had this man come and sit in between us.
0: And you, and you didn't know him either.
2: No idea. Yeah. I had no idea who either of them were.
0: Okay, so now there's a man sitting between you, and you're talking over him, really, because he's between you, right?
2: Kind of. Actually, the man who sat in between us is the person who really sparked the conversation. I think both my, uh, Michael's intentions and mine were to go to sleep, but the person who sat in between us had um, a different idea of how he wanted the, the fight to go, so he sparked the conversation.
0: Aha, he was the instigator. He was. Okay, so this is a three-hour flight. What'd you guys talk about?
2: Oh man, everything under the sun. We talked about food in Texas, our friends, our families, what we do for work, um, and then we kind of got to more serious conversations. We talked about our faith, our testimonies, um, life hardships, and so on and so forth.
0: Okay, now flight's going along. Yeah, you know, you're not on, you're not on a Southwest flight for the food, and you're not on a flight for the liquor. And, you're, and on a 5 o'clock in the morning flight, normally you guys would be both fast asleep.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's why it was crazy. I I get that all the time. They're like, how did you talk to somebody so early? But the conversation was so good, and I just I hit it off so well with Michael. It was this kind of just you-know-when-you-know you know feeling.
0: All right, so obviously it comes up about what you do for a living, what Michael does for a living. What about the guy in the middle?
2: So he um, said that he was a pastor who at the time was living in India, and he was in the States um, working with people on um, figuring out where he wanted to move his ministry. So um, that's why he was going to Texas with us. So he asked us questions about Texas, um, about our faith, and um, just if we had any tips on what he should be doing, you know, being in Texas.
0: Now, sooner or later, this flight ends. So, I'm assuming there was an exchange of phone numbers and addresses and emails.
2: Yes, there was. Michael and I walked off the plane together and we got Bonnie's information and then Bonnie or and then Michael asked for my number.
0: All right, so now everybody's got everybody's number, but the story's just getting started. Correct. Yes. And then.
2: So Michael took me on my first date with him. A week later, he drove from Lubbock to Dallas, which is five hours. Um, And then we ended up dating for a year and got engaged um, the November of 2018 um, on a Southwest Airlines flight, the very first one.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then?
2: And then we had a year-long engagement and ended up getting married um, with a few little Southwest motifs at the wedding, like a cute little uh, Southwest photo booth. But the main story was that we got Bonnie, the pastor who sat in between us, to officiate our wedding. So he got to meet all of our friends and family and come down to Texas and marry us, which was so special and just kind of a, an amazing story for everybody to witness.
0: Now, did you actually get married on the plane? <laughs>
2: We didn't get married on the plane. We we got married at a church and then had our reception at a, a venue in Austin.
0: And let me guess, Southwest catered with peanuts.
2: <laughs> there were a few peanuts in our yes, um, <laughs> yes, there were.
0: I love it. Now the story gets stranger who was sitting unwittingly in the center seat wedged between Kathleen and Michael, another stranger named Bonnie Andrews. And soon, he was not just part of the conversation, he was, let's just say, conspiring. I've got Bonnie on the phone as well. Minister Bonnie Andrews, hello, sir. Peter, how you
3: doing? Good to be on the show.
0: Hey, listen, great story. I mean, I'm sure you didn't realize when you sat on the plane that day that it would end up like that.
3: Peter, you gotta tell me that, man. This is uh this is more spicier than any story in Bollywood. That's all I can say. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to go sleep in. I mean, I was like, man, this is an early morning flight, I gotta sleep. When I saw these guys, you know, the, the people side of me just got energized. I was like, Man, I got I gotta say hi to them. Maybe I need to save them. The evangelist, the pastor side of me got out. And we got talking, can you imagine? We talked the whole flight about everything under the sun and including faith. And uh, before we, uh, you know, sort of when the flight started to descend, I held their hands and actually prayed with them in that plane ride. I mean, I had to do that. And that, that was a very, very special moment right there.
0: So that, from that moment on, you guys were bonded.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was, this, is, this is what I call a God moment, a God connection. You know, Indian guys sitting in between two different people who, in the middle of the conversation, found out their their, their uncles and you know her, her parents were living next to each other. I mean, this is crazy. It was getting more and more spicy towards the end of the, so it, so it, it was amazing. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a god moment right there, Peter.
0: And and then you get the call saying, Bonnie, will you come officiate? How it's, it's like oh, the, it's oh, like it's it's like the completion of the circle.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, i, I got to go a little bit backward. I mean, two weeks later, I get a group text on uh, on Instagram uh, saying that these guys have hooked up and started dating. And then I get a call from Michael a couple of months later saying that, Bonnie, I want you to pray for me. I'm going to ask her out to marry me. So I actually prayed with them. And lo and behold, the evening they called me and said, we're, I mean, we're engaged. And that's <laughs> exciting. And six months later, I got an invitation saying, Bonnie, can you come down and officiate a wedding? I mean, they can't. You can't get, it, this cannot get better than this. I mean, this is well, amazing.
0: All, all I can say, all I can say is so much for Southwest Airlines, no pre-assigned seating. It was pre-ordained. <laughs> it was pre-ordained. Yes. Minister yes. Bonnie Andrews, thank you so much for, for filling us in on that story. And of course, how appropriate on Valentine's Day weekend. And Kathleen yes. Davis yes. and Michael, what a great story. My thanks to Kathleen and Michael and Minister Andrews. And, of course, to Southwest for, well, putting them together in the first place and for more than just the flight itself, as it turned out. And the next time you think you know the history of St. Valentine's Day, as well as St. Valentine himself, you might wanna think again. If you think the story begins and ends in Rome, you're wrong. To find out, we hopped across the pond, telephonically, of course, to speak with Bartle Darcy, a legendary heritage guide in Ireland who provides some refreshing, if not surprising explanations about this patron saint, Ireland, and love itself. A couple of fun facts about St. Valentine. Do your research and you find out there are about a dozen St. Valentines, even a pope. And uh, But the saint we celebrate this Valentine's Day is known officially as St. Valentine of Rome in order to differentiate him from the dozen or so other Valentines on the list. Uh, number two. Valentine is the patron saint of beekeepers and epilepsy. Who knew? You can find Valentine's skull in Rome. That's what they tell me. Um, But you'll also find other bits of St. Valentine's skeleton in the Czech Republic, in Scotland, in England, in France. And we're going to talk about one other location in just a second, which will introduce our next guest. And that other location is Ireland. And anytime we're talking something with a saint in front of it, whether it's St. Valentine or St. Nicholas or a few other saints, we got to check out Ireland. And joining me now, one of the great guides in Ireland, Bartle Darcy. How are you, sir?
4: Uh, Happy St. Valentine's weekend, Peter, and I'm great and lovely to talk to you and your listeners.
0: Well, thank you, sir. So part of St. Valentine is also in Ireland, correct?
4: Yes. the, The good thing about saints is they tend to have lots of relics. Uh, And Valentine has spread himself around a bit. Uh, So he would have been martyred in Rome uh, around the year 270 AD by Claudius the Goth, who was the emperor at that time. And the reason why he had a problem with Valentine is that Claudius was always fighting wars. And to get soldiers, he thought marriage was keeping soldiers out of his army. So he forbade marriages to be carried out. But Valentine kept doing them, and that's how he fell foul of the emperor. (laughs)
0: and met his end.
4: He did, and like all good saints, he got beheaded in Rome, uh, and that's how uh, his his relics go around the world. Now, the parts that we have in Ireland, there's obviously a story of how St. Valentine got into Ireland, and it goes back to 1835. There's a Carmelite preacher from Ireland named John Spratt, who was very famous in his day for preaching the liturgy, and he came to the attention of Pope Gregory XVI, and he gave an audience to him in Rome, and as a gift, he gave him the bones of St. Valentine, including the vial of his blood in a box, and he brought that back to Ireland with him. And it's still today, you can go into the Carmelite Church on Whitefriar Street in Dublin, and there on the left-hand side of the main altar is Valentine's remains. And very popular, people get married in front of him, even the broken-hearted go in there, Peter, and look for uh, some relief from the bones of Saint Valentine.
0: <laughs> well, I mentioned he was the patron saint of bees and epileptics, but he's also still the patron saint of lovers. Correct?
4: He is. That's right. And he's more well known for his lover, for lovers than epilepsy, I may add. But he wasn't <laughs> good enough for the church. In all fairness, it's not actually a holy day St. Valentine's Day. He was kicked off in 1969 of the liturgical calendar, along with a good few other saints, because they didn't think they had enough evidence of his good deeds. But one of his good deeds does survive. When he was in prison in Rome, there is a story that his jailer had a blind daughter, and he believed in St. Valentine, brought the daughter into him on a regular basis, where Valentine educated her and prayed over her eyes. And the night before his execution, Valentine wrote that daughter a letter and he signed it from your valentine and when she opened the letter after the execution there was a yellow iris in the letter the flower the iris and she there was the first thing she seen her eyesight came back and that's why we sign our cards today from your valentine
0: i did not know that okay wow so what specific traditions now have you maintained in ireland in his honor
4: now in Ireland we loved people before St Valentine. We're a nation of lovers so we had our own customs before Christianity came. I'm going to tell you about a couple of those Peter that uh, might interest you in the fact that Ireland invented the blind date <laughs> back in Brehan law's time. I don't know if that's I don't know if
0: I don't know if I be be, be uh, boasting that but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So it was known as hand fasting. And there's an area in Ireland's ancient east, uh, which is one of the regions that Tourism Ireland promote in Ireland, called Keltown um, And there is a fort there at Rathdu, And the youths used to go there in and around Valentine's Day, February, beginning of spring. And they would go on the north side of the fort. And the young maidens would line up on the south side of the fort. And in the, wa- in the middle, there was a wall. And there was a hole in the wall, and the maidens would put their hand in the wall. And that's all that the, the suitor's seen. And if you like the look of her hand, you went forward, and your hands were tied together. It's called hand fancy. And today, that's where we get the expressions for tying the knot and hand-in-marriage from that time.
0: Wow. I'm learning all sorts of stuff on this call. But the bottom now, line is there was
4: also a better there was a better result there, Peter, because you had the element of a doubt. So if you got your hand fasted to your um, to your mate for a year and a day, you had the option of returning her, and you could come <laughs> back to the fort. And you, the male would face north, and the female would face south, with their backs to each other. And if things hadn't worked out, you could walk away.
0: talking with, with Bartle Darcy, one of the great heritage guides in Ireland. Bartle, I'm I'm amazed about a year and a day, and then you could also return. They, I, I would love to see what the returns window looked like.
4: Well, it was always good to have a return policy, Peter, as you know. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, some of the other customs that came from an earlier time there, just before Christianity came into Ireland, is that the Galton Festival, which is at the beginning of May, is the fire festival in ancient Ireland. And again, May is the time where the hawthorn tree is in bloom. And that was a symbol of love with the scent coming off the hawthorn tree. And also, if a wedding took place at that time, or um, uh, you would burn the branches of the hawthorn tree and they would light the way as your wedding took place in the, in the fort at that time. And that's where the expression carrying a torch for somebody comes from because you would have the branches lit and that announced that the wedding was taking place.
0: Wow, and there's some people who've been carrying a torch for quite some time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, hope they don't get burnt. So we also have good luck horseshoes. They come as well. You see them at weddings. or given as gifts. Uh, And they come from the fact that in ancient Ireland, you had the two Hedetanans, the Bronze Age people, were here first. Then the Milesians, the Iron Age people, came, defeated them, and then they had to go underground to stay in Ireland. And they became the she. And you would know them as the fairy folk of Ireland. And obviously, they're not very happy because they were defeated. So the way you keep them happy is you use iron. And the easiest iron to get is a horseshoe. So horseshoes bring you good luck because it keeps the fairies away from you and keeps bad luck away.
0: Or if worse comes to worse, you can use them against somebody carrying the torch.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Keep Keep yourself alive. Now, no. we also have Norman heritage in Ireland, too, and some of the work that I do over here, we're rebuilding a Norman heritage village in Granite, which is 800 years old. And in the Norman time, till death do us part, that expression is in the wedding vows. So it was traditional for the, the lord and lady to be buried together and have an effigy tomb, where the pictures were un- carved into, on the top of the tomb, and they would be in eternal rest forever together.
0: Wow. So, you know what? We haven't even done with St. Nicholas or any of the other saints, just on St. Valentine's alone, there's so much so much there even though so many other countries and locations claim St. Valentine.
4: Now did you mention it? St. Nicholas is also buried in Ireland.
0: <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have opened that door. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we we tend to collect saints over here.
0: <laughs> okay, how did he come to get buried in, in Ireland?
4: Because, again, he was given as a gift. So the relics come over, and then there is a graveyard. And now I do know of some very mean fathers who have brought their sons and daughters to see Santi's grave.
0: So basically, in Ireland, you do one-stop shopping. You, uh, you propose to somebody, you get engaged, and get Christmas present at the same time. I love it. One-stop shopping.
4: Yeah, you could do everything, yeah. And one of the big tokens <laughs> of love from Ireland that you might be familiar with is the clad ring from uh, County Galway. And that has the three symbols of love, it has, uh, or three symbols of faithfulness. It has love, symbolizes the heart. It is loyalty, symbolizes the crown, and then friendship with the hand. And this is a good way to meet people in Ireland, particularly if you're looking for a partner. It depends on how to wear the ring on their finger. If they wear it with the heart pointing inwards to the hand, it means they're already taken. But if they wear it with a heart pointing outwards, it means they're available. And the good thing for ladies is you can switch the ring around quite easily.
0: <laughs> I hate when that happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the bottom line is here we are on St. Valentine's Day weekend. It's a, it's a time when a lot of proposals are made, a lot of rings are exchanged. Um, and, of course, that usually follows with wedding plans. Of course, last year, all those wedding plans got put on hold. People could not travel for weddings or they couldn't even gather even in their own cities for weddings. Hopefully this year, uh, Ireland will open up again, probably in April or May. Uh, of course, it's a lockdown situation now. And, uh, and even if uh, you can't do the big wedding there, uh, you know what, there's always elopement. And uh, go find the relics <laughs> of both uh, St. Valentine's and St. Chris- and St Nicholas, and you'll be, in, you'll be in good shape. Bartle Darcy, one of the great heritage guides in Ireland, and a great storyteller, I might add, enlightening us on the real history and some of the mythology of, uh, of St. Valentine. Thank you so much, and Bartle. Peter, we really appreciate to, it. if people
4: want to find out when they can return to Ireland, you'll get all the information on www.ireland.com.
0: My thanks to Bartle and to Kathleen and Michael Davis, and of course, Minister Andrews. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more interviews with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, just rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, with or without airborne romance, just log on to petergreenberg.com. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash
5: survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at AskJill at JillOnMoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.
1: Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss.